0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courts of Heat. Court to as today, we have a lot to discuss. More than the NBA Finals, more than Monday, more than Tuesday, our breaking news segment has jumped now with many injuries, many new hires, many things happening that could possibly pan out over the summer after the NBA draft or even during the NBA draft. Trades are on the rise, signings could be on the rise. It is getting crazy out there. A lot of heat's being taken in. A lot of stuff has been panning out the past few days. It's it's truly crazy. As always, you guys can find um can find me on quartzheat.com posting daily, but also you guys can find me on social media. You could do that by searching he one word, in Google, one word, of heat one word, into Google, and they'll give you all of our social media, QuartzHeat.store for our Macari store, QuartzHeat.com for our, all of our, uh, like our mothership of just content, long form, short form, everything in between form of just great articles, great in-depth articles, and different things like that. Keeping you up. Keeping everything up to date. And yeah. But for people that just want to ha- have the app already open. Or just like this way. Let's run through social media. Because we have a lot. But we're trying to start conversation. And there's just so much. So this is the one I recommend everyone. That they should go follow and check us out. Which would be twitter.com. Such courtsideheat. We post hour by hour, day by day, updates on around the NBA, our takes um, with the NBA Finals featuring the Bucs, Suns, right? We post about everything. We post funny videos, uh, cool fun facts. And you'll also be able to find out on Instagram.com slash Quartz Heat NBA. Same with Facebook.com slash Quartz A Heat. Our only social media handle that includes NBA is just our Instagram. But besides that, everything else is Chords Heat, like our Tumblr account, like our Linktree account, like our YouTube account, Rumble account, Daily Motion account. And always, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash Chords of Heat, Spotify, excuse me, com slash Chords of Heat. Um, Google googlepodcast.com or just look us up on the app um, itunes.com or just search us because we are everywhere and I know I'm missing some social media accounts but we are everywhere again just search us on the web you'll be able to find us a lot quicker than what I'm listing out because we are posting daily and we're keeping everyone in the loop as we're getting the news we're publishing it And, speaking about news, this is something, so this is game four, this is game day, this is game day, game four, for the NBA Finals, and I'm excited, I'm ready, I've been waiting two very long days just for this day to come, since Monday, really, as this is going to be, this is not going to be pivotal game five, because it's not going to be a series tied to a But this is potential elimination for the, Buc- the uh, for the Bucs. Meaning, if they lose tonight's game, they'll be f- uh, down to the Suns 3-1, but if they win, it'll be tied two piece, and they'll go to that pivotal game five. So elimination game four, uh, and then you have a pivotal game five. So it's really interesting we're gonna talk about that more as I have a few good theories about how the sons can be in less foul control more. Don't have to be in foul trouble. You can control yourself, control your defense better, get DeAndre and some help and different things like that. But first, let's get through these uh breaking news segment. We have like tons so, so basically. Two out of like the eleven things I'm about to talk about only refer to NBA funds. The rest of it is all breaking news, which is absolute um, bananas. It is crazy to think about, but it's I'm happy that there's something more than just two things. Right? It's like oh, more head coach. Don't get me wrong. I like talking about that, but talking about players, talking about the draft, talking about trade, summer free agency. That's great, and that's something we have to start talking about now because the draft is in 10 days, July 23rd, so that's going to be very exciting. I believe that's on the Wednesday of first, I can't remember, and I'll look it up in a little bit or tomorrow's podcast episode. But, to start off, this is news that should not be shocking to fans around the NBA if they've been keeping up with the NBA. <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Or it's been just popping in about Kawhi Leonard, about the Clippers, about the Phoenix Suns, especially during the series. Cause do you remember like uh, when Kawhi Leonard went down against um, the guy uh, I can't remember who it was the prior series, it was the previous series before Phoenix, the before the Phoenix series when the Phoenix Suns won in six where Kawhi Leonard suffered a knee injury. They always listened to him day to day, even though it looked apparent that even, even the uh, Clippers uh, admitted, admitted that he had an ACL injury. And no shocker here, he has undergone successful surgery for a partial ACL tear to his right knee. He's expected to be out nine months, rehab, different things like that. Should this have been a shock to us? No, not really. Just because we knew what was going to happen, right? No matter how much the Clippers were going to try to convince us that uh, Kawhi was going to come back, no matter how many times we pumped down for questionable, it just does not work out that way. I know you're hoping against fate, hoping against the idea of him being out, but when it's all said and done... He has undergone undergo surgery it's successful now the rehab just the uh, physical therapies, different things like that it's gonna be kicking in and he should be cleared to start playing basketball again in nine months so that's pretty much it. that's all I got it was really funny it was like it was during burn the Burns and gamble I believe. The Clippers released an announcement on, like, what was about Kawhi Leonard. And I was expecting something about the ACL. I knew he tore his ACL. Because he wasn't even with his teammates. He was with his family up in the box during each and every game besides game six. So, it's like, you're hoping it's hope. you were hoping for something more than what there really was. And it was just like, I knew this was coming. But I didn't expect it to happen around six, six, like, yeah, like right around five thirty six o'clock, so around there, can't remember the exact date, but yeah, I, I retweeted a tweet from Mark Stein, over on Substack, about, uh, the Kawhi Leonard injury so, or uh, surgery now so, that's all I have. It's like the most shocking news ever, but if you're a Clippers fan, there's gonna be so much more talk happening. Look, it goes bigger than the injury. Does the Kawhi Leonard, this is gonna be a headline, does Kawhi Leonard re-sign with the Los Angeles Clippers? Will Leonard do it? Because he's gonna get if he gets the player option, which he does, he's gonna get guaranteed money. So would he wanna to try to make it one more run? One more one more year. See if the Clippers can make it back to the playoffs. And hopefully back into the conference finals to try to face off against somebody to make it into the finals. You're just going to say, forget about the money. I'm going to try to go somewhere else. I heard Los Angeles has the Lakers also. LeBron's been trying to recruit me, etc., etc. But now you also have to factor in the injury. And if he's going to be ready, if you just want to take the guaranteed money, play one more year, have that security that financial security while you're trying to come back from a torn or partially torn right ACL. That's gonna be interesting to monitor. That's excuse me, that's gonna be interesting to keep up with as time will only tell and his decision is gonna be the only one that matters within the next few weeks. Even if that now, you wanna hear something about crazy about the Lakers? Who remembers when they drafted uh, Alonzo Ball? Who remembers Alonzo Ball, his father, hyping up his kid, being all noxious. Same guy that said he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, even though that I'll take Michael Jordan over him any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I, 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 I can't believe this is actually, what I'm about to say is actually real. But the Lakers are actually a possible destination for Lonzo Ball, since the Pelicans do not want to match his offer, as since he's since he's going to be a restricted free agent this season, so they don't want to match the super high contract that many teams are going to be giving him, and it's either going to come down to Josh Hart. Or Alonzo Ball, they're going to try to resign. And it looks like Alonzo Ball is going to be out of New Orleans. What Ovar Ball, again, his father, won in. He said he wanted his son out of New Orleans. And during the regular season, it was made known through rumors and reports that the Ball family's not happy. They want to trade this and that. And now with him being a restricted free agent, they can match the offer. It's not looking like they want to. I'm pretty sure someone within the organization has already confirmed that with different sources within the NBA, right? That are around these people. So, the Lakers, who once drafted Alonzo Ball, who had an ugly fall of him, who had Laker fans chanting that LeBron was going to trade you. And ultimately he did get traded to the Pelicans along with a buttload of players and maybe a few picks. Or I think it was like four players, something like that. I can't remember having a few years ago. But also it's just not it's not just the Lakers. It's also the Clippers and the Bulls that have interest in going to Ball. Alonzo Ball has been one of the main point guards to come up in this year's free agency. One of the hottest point guards as he has had career high numbers in points per game and different things like that. So teams have taken note of that and are willing to give him a multi-year contract to hopefully make their team better and just increase his scoring and his ability to be an offensive player, to be an offensive attacker, and have that court awareness and different things like that. So three teams so far have cashed in the idea of signing Lonzo Ball and his talent. And now with the Lakers, because it's a shame, when Lonzo Ball got drafted to the Lakers, this was the Lakers' team with LeBron in his first year, when he had LeBron had that huge groin injury that took him out for a majority of the season, remember that? He was dealing with injuries. And you had a bum team with just decent, okayish players with a rookie ball. It was tough. That was some tough Lakers uh, memories. Pro, uh, Pre-LeBron, then LeBron's first year. Now in his second and third year. Not so much. They've actually risen up again like a like the true Lakers organization. Like how that franchise was always meant to be. Especially during Kobe's final years in the NBA. Imagine, like, like imagine the anger Kobe had just seeing his team and what that had with Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin and different players like that. D'Lo, Russell. It's so interesting that Kobe's final years had to play like, with Julius Randall, these different guys that went to different teams, you know, like to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Brooklyn, like for D'Lo. Julius Randall went over to the Knicks. Jeremy Lin, he's out of the league, even though he had a great stint with the New York Knicks. It's just interesting to see that. It's like, What went on in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and even 2017, 2018? It's just, it's crazy if you think about it how far they came from then to now with AD, LeBron, and whoever else are going to try to add in the offseason. But they're looking at Melo and Lonzo. Those are two players right now that have been confirmed that the Lakers are keeping a close eye on. As they one, Melo, they come, Puff, brawn. I believe those two have a nice friendship, have a nice relationship with one another in the NBA. Both have been a- around for a very long time. And adding Lonzo Ball will be a great point guard. Because who are the Lakers point guard now? I'm going to look this up. It's going to eat me alive unless I look it up. I know it's going to be something really stupid. And when I look it up, and I'm not going to be able to remember, I want to say Alex Caruso, but that might be the dumbest dumbest thing I've ever said. Oh, I'm I'm an idiot. It's Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is their point guard currently. Then Alex Caruso. So Alex Caruso is a shooting guard point guard. Dennis Schroeder is the real point guard. But is Schroeder going to stay in LA because he has rumors of leaving the Los Angeles Lakers and going somewhere else? Because there's a whole conspiracy of why the Lakers lost in the first round. LeBron gave up. Dennis Schroeder gave up. And Dennis Schroeder's done. And all of these different things. All these different rumors, reports that are going around. So right now, the relationship of Dennis Rumor. Dennis Schroeder and the Lakers are is messy right now and very uncertain. Unless a new report comes up that I did not see, that is the current state right now. Talking about LA teams, the only, the only other LA team that is popular in all sports, really, would be the Los Angeles Clippers. And speaking about our L.A. team, Patrick Beverly, who was the most annoying guy against Ford, against the Phoenix Suns that we had to go up against, the same guy that broke Devin Booker's note inadvertently on accident, right? He was such an annoying little guy. I guess I, guess I shouldn't call him a little guy. A, a great defender, a great guy to go up against, but he was annoying as ever saying he was just eating away at you mentally, playing mind games, getting in your head, then playing you physically, right? But now, Patrick Bevel, who had a great 2020 uh, postseason, regular season, is open to the idea of a contract extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. So keep that in mind as that would be interesting to try to retain him, hopefully try to retake Kawhi Leonard. Of course, Paul George, um, and just different players like that, and hopefully adding, like we were mentioning, with the Clippers and Lonzo Ball, uh, one of the free teams have reported interest in him this early on, um, in the off season. Now, one I was talking about, uh, one I was talking about, um, yesterday's podcast episode about Willie Green. Willie Green has now become a strong frontrunner for the Pelicans job. That's what I was explaining yesterday. Now today I've gotten new word as rumors and reports, well main reports now, have broken the internet that Willie Green and the Pelicans are progressing in plans of getting him a contract and whatnot and now are in talks of inking a contract of signing a contract to make him the new head coach. This is another step, another positive step in the right direction of make him a new head coach as it's pretty much um, a rock foundation, rock solid that they're gonna sign him, that they're gonna hire him as their new head coach. And it's looking very positive. He's the main guy, unless the Pelicans pull fast one on him and change their mind last second, which will be very rare and very odd to say the least. I'm gonna say Willie Green is gonna be your new uh new head coach for all you knowing Pelican fans. And I would say you should hear you should hear an update, hear an announcement within the end of this week. Or at the latest Tuesday of next week. So yeah. Another thing, we have four more things of three more things of breaking news that's non nba related. It's insane. Like when I was looking this up and whatnot, I know I'm getting sidetracked, but it was crazy like when I was looking it up because it was like, Whoa, I heard about Kawhi Leonard. I heard about these different trade options I'm about to be talking about that I discussed on the website, cordsohe.com, but it's like, wow, so much happened today, it's not like that Wednesday we had a few weeks ago, probably like a month or so ago, where injuries were happening to Chris Paul, COVID really, um, firings were happening, yeah, it was just pandemonium, but this is not pandemonium, this is just like a lot of information coming out at once. But here's the truth. Be told, you ready? This is the off season and trade rumors, and uh free agency signing rumors, and departures are coming more and more alive, especially as the NBA draft is approaching and ending. It's a shocker. No one's really been talking about the NBA draft, and that's just a side note because besides like ESPN, all the main guys like talking about the NBA draft. Apologies about that. No one else has been really talking about the NBA draft. It's not like twenty eighteenth class or even, heck, twenty nineteenth class. With Zion, R.J. Barrett, and John Morant. I get, it, it, it wasn't fair for R.J. and John Morant. Morant had to go play for the Memphis Grizzlies. And Barrett is now just in lifting New York Knicks and being... Outshine, to say the least, because he's putting out career highs, but no one's noticing. And now the Knicks may be moving past him for a different player, like Colin Sexton or Damian Lillard, like we were discussing a part on yesterday morning's podcast episode. And if you guys have not gotten a chance to check that one out yet, I highly recommend. It would make sense on things that we're talking about today, especially for the breaking news of Damian Lillard, of the Knicks, of RJ, and even the NBA finals. But yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Ever since the twenty eighteen draft of DeAndre Go number one, of the uh Mavericks uh Hawks trade sending uh Trey Young and doing the swap with Trey Young and Luka Doncic, it's really been kinda bust. Zion has not been living up the hype no matter how much the, in, uh, How much the NBA has been wanting him to be hyped up, wanting him to succeed. First problem is he's in uh, New Orleans. He's playing with the Pelicans. He played under Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy. Two head coaches are already out, and a third one's going to come in. That's faster than what uh, Devin Booker's had in his first five years before having Monty Williams. Legit, he had five. He Depending on how Willie Green uh, progresses and performs with his new franchise, we could be seeing way sooner than five years. But I'm, just, I'm speaking way too much into the future. I have no idea if that's going to become a possibility or not. All I'm saying is that this draft class is kind of underwhelming. I get it we're talking about Jalen Suggs or Chad Cummington or Cunningham going into the first overall pick. I'm gonna talk about that more, especially after game four, game five of the NBA Finals. I'm just trying to find a really good player. Like, who's gonna be that one player that franchises won. that could be a franchise player? Not one of those stat, stat stuffers. Not one of those cool guys that get all of the points but can't help his team, can't be impactful. But what's going to be that one player that he will stand out that will help a team succeed? Can it be Suggs? Can it be Cunningham? I don't know. I have to look more into it. Even Evan Mobley has been in, considered a top five pick. He's, he's not a bad center. He's a good center for his draft class. I'll sort of pick him within the top five. I'll lose my draft classes after game four just to get things going. Just to get the ball rolling on the NBA draft because I think it is important because it is uh, 10 days, uh, I'm sorry, 9 days away. I don't know why I 10 days stuck in my mind, but no, it is 9 days away. Since, yet, yeah, because today's July 14th, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going crazy. I'm fine. It's 9 days away, a week and 2 days, however you want to say it. But getting back to the breaking news because I have no idea how I got to the NBA draft in the first place. My mind just goes off in different directions. It picked a different path, a different road. But here we are. John Collins is actually been playing very very uh well. Will it be a good uh word to describe John Collins? He sort was a part of the Hawk success in the postseason as he was average. as he was averaging his past two games were around 15 points. His previous game on July 3rd was uh, was 13 points and then July 1st 19 points. He does fluctuate up and down. He is inconsistent in his shooting and it affects his uh, points per game for sure. But his rebounds stay consistent. They're always getting he's always getting double digit rebounds or at least above eight rebounds per game. Assist he has a solid one to free per game. That's actually not bad for um uh, for the I wanna call come up yeah, power forward. I don't know why it was so hard to get out. Yeah, but power forward those are really great numbers and I would I I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Hawks were able to give great assets, great value in return for John Collins because the Heat, the Spurs, the Timberwolves, and the Mavericks are have all have interest in John Collins as a potential trade. John Collins is coming out. And he's fresh coming out of the postseason. Sure did not make it to the NBA finals, but he battled through the postseason with Trey Young, Clint Capella, Lou Williams, different guys like that. Bogdanovich, right? Carter, I'm just bringing up guys' names because they're so impactful for this team. Especially in the 76ers series and every other series uh, prior to that one. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if if John Collins got traded. I wouldn't be surprised if the Timberwolves gave up Cat or... um. I don't want to say Anthony Edwards. I don't know, but they'll give up somebody that has talent. Upcoming talent or just has talent. I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns got the heck out of Minnesota. Because they've not done anything for his career. Because he has great averages per season, but nobody cares because they're Minnesota. And they can't make up their mind on anything. And they can't get anything going for them. Uh statistically speaking about records or just in general about just that team. But yes, the Mavericks are in play. Imagine him, imagine just getting dumping off Chris Porzingis. That could be a trade for him. Getting rid of the big man for John Collins, bring him in, Collins, Doncic, try to keep building that uh roster around. But also if Doncic the Mavericks have a uh, have their hands full because Doncic has not officially made up his mind publicly. We're still waiting on his announcement if he's going to sign that supermax rookie contract or if he's going to go somewhere else, like the Knicks, who would benefit the most from that. Just as an example, so it's going to be interesting where he goes in this free agency. But I've I but most of my but most of my, like, speculation and whatnot is having him return to Dallas for the Mavericks with Mark Cuban and their new head coach. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting where John Collins goes. Now, here's the last one. This should not be as shocking or surprising or having twister turns. It's the fact that the 76ers are now open They're trading Ben Simmons. But here's what is maybe like a shocking turn of events has already spoken to several teams. So, privately doing this, where he's been, where Ben Simmons has been openly criticized by Joel Embiid, by Doc Rivers, by the organization itself, right? Where hesitancy, has played a huge part, skeptic, uh, criticism, skeptic, the skeptical of just what's going to happen to Ben Simmons because he was scared to shoot a free, uh, free. no, I'm sorry, not free throw, a layup, just a wide open layup, not heavily contested layup. And while he was under the basket, instead of shooting, he p- kicked it back out to, I believe it was Joel B but he did that several times where he takes the ball he thinks about it, hesitates, kicks it back out, and he almost costs the possession. And it's just like, why? And during the po- and during the postseason, especially the past few games, before getting eliminated, he was only averaging six points per game. You may be saying to yourself, well, he's a point guard. He's not meant to be giving up um, getting the rock every single time and cashing in 20-30. I'm not expecting him to do that. I'm just expecting him when he shoots shoot well because another thing that's been very skeptical been very uneasy about this player is the fact of his shot that he has a great his great passing skills he's um he could be classified as a good defender. The 76ers thinks he's a good defender. The league thinks he's a good defender. The problem is it's just his offensive game. Passing he's good in. Just shooting, he's terrible in. Just during the po- uh, during the postseason series against the Atlanta Hawks, he shot 15 of 45 from the free throw line. He had that many fouls. He was able to draw that many fouls. And he was only able to capitalize on 15 of the 45 free throws attempted. Come on. Do you know how bad that is? I'm actually going to look at the percentage of that. What is 15? Don't mind me over here. I'm just trying to figure it out. He shot 33% from the line. From the free throw line. That entire series against Atlanta. It got so bad, he didn't even play the remaining few minutes in the closeout game against the 76ers. They had no confidence in him. Like, none. Zilch. Nada. No. Night. In any language, right? They have no confidence. And it showed. If if your head coach makes a decision to say, he's not, tris- he's not trustworthy... He's a liability on that court offensively. We can't unplay. We have to try to win. And that was with Trey Young not having the best game. That was with the Hawks just trying to scrap for that win because Joan B was picking up. Harris was picking up. Different guys were in small parts picking up and in large parts picking up. And it does not always have to be that way, but thanks to Ben Simmons, it has to be. We saw it that it had to be different head coaches, different GMs, just different uh, uh, different minds, different eyes, looking at Ben Simmons, trying to get in the mind of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They saw that if they got Doc Rivers, that Doc Rivers would have been able to work his magic with Embiid and Simmons. They're instead of trying to trade Ben Simmons away for James Harden because they had a close bond in Houston. They decided to keep the two, trying to make it work out. And uh, before the All-Star break, Ben Simmons looked like an All-Star. But after the All-Star break, he looked like a uh, deer in headlights and just looking absolutely petrified to take a layup, to take a free throw. And even though he says it time after time, making several excuses about, well, I'm just going to get back in the lab, back in the gym, recreate my shot, get better. How many times has he said that? It's been about two years now since we've been trying to work on his shot. This isn't just not reset criticism. This is years piled up of criticism and just skeptic and just skeptical in general because I would be too if you're paying this guy money and he can't even make a shot. He can't make a free throw. He can't make a free pointer. He's only attempted like one in his career. Legit, he's made one in his career. And yeah, it's just shooting is not his thing. No matter what the Bucks, like whatever, not the Bucks, whatever the 76ers. Do it, just does not matter. Now, you can say, Well, maybe he could go to a different team and maybe he can be better in a different environment. Maybe just maybe this atmosphere, maybe this culture, maybe this team is just not working for him. And the thing is, is that I don't think so. I think the problem is his shot, I think his confidence is low and offensive, and I think the pugs were just too much for him because when they relied on him for a bucket. He did not look comfortable taking it. And ultimately, he cost the 76ers, especially when the 76ers had injuries galore with Joel Embiid and different stars and different things like that. When he needed Ben Simmons the most, he could not cash in. He could not rise up. And that was such, such, such a bad, bad, postseason for him I can't even describe that in the big moments Simmons is not there truly that's not me trying to be down on the guy Uh, I believe he could be a good player if he understands that he needs to actually fix his shot and be confident I know that's easier said than done especially me sitting just here in the studio right now but still if he wants to keep getting paydays, wants to keep getting huge contracts, wanna really be a puff contending team and with his new team, if he does get traded somewhere, he's gotta to commit to a new shot. He's gotta rework everything. It's like walking for the first time. You're not gonna have confidence when you first try to walk. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be rough. It's going to be this new thing you have to understand and actually learn and take in and actually try to develop. And it may sound weird, like, trying to compare that to uh, a child trying to walk for the first time, but that's pretty much what Ben Simmons is going through. Like, he's, like, in the early stages of, like, his shot. His shot just can't properly walk. He can't understand how to do that. So he's taking it step by step. But every, but every step he takes, he takes two steps back. One step forward, two steps back, it seems like. I just don't know what happened after the All-Star break. Why he changed so much. But uh, but just getting back on track of this. Also, the third point that I want to say that the 76ers won... Or that's not really shocking. They want an all-star caliber player in return. Can not for Ben Simmons alone. So basically, they want an all-star caliber player. They want a they want a player that can, that has expectations to be an all-star or is already all-star material. It's gonna be draft picks. It's gonna be different players. because Ben Simmons, and this was by. Uh, Bobby Marks of ESPN and whatnot, uh, he was releasing statistics and whatnot of Ben Simmons underperforming his contract. Like, his trade value is somewhere on the low end. His value as a player in general has been plummeting because of how bad he was this season, this postseason. How you cannot count on him and different things like that. But, let me say that, with everything else, it does not matter. Because, the Cavaliers, the Pacers, the Timberwolves, and the Kings are all interested in trading for Ben Simmons. So, four known teams are interested in trading for the point guard. Will this guard be traded? If you're looking for an all-star caliber type player... Uh, Cole Anthony Towns would be good. Just saying, give him a shot, him and Embiid. That would be interesting. Miles Turner would be, would be interesting. He's not a bad player. I think he's a very good um big man in today's NBA, and in this year, in the past year. And sure, injuries have gone in the way, but... When he's healthy, he does make an impact on the court. And he does help his team in positive manners. The Cavs, they're tough. I get it, you're going for Ben Simmons. But why change out from Colin Sexton to Ben Simmons? At least Colin Sexton can hit a shot. Can actually make shots and feel comfortable doing it. Can shoot the free ball well. Can make a stinking free throw. But yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Who knows what's going to happen to Ben Simmons. But no one has confidence in anymore. And if I were the 76ers. I would trade Ben Simmons. To the best team. Possible. That would be- that would benefit. The 76ers. Philly the most. Because if Philly does not get the advantage. Of trading away Ben Simmons. And all of that money has cost them. And then it's going to be very, very rough for them. Because they have to get pieces out of this. They've went through guys like Al Horford. Who really have done nothing for them. That's why they got rid of him. Tobias Harris is up and down. He's okay. And they've just gone through bad series of players. Uh, trials, trials and errors. Wake. sometimes they'll hit it. Sometimes they'll miss it. Joel Embiid, they hit on. Besides, the first two years of his career was plagued by foot injuries, foot surgeries, different things like that. But now he was panning out as potential MVP before Jokic took it almost nominously. I saying, like, 98 first-place votes. But, yeah, it was just, it was just insane. So... That's what the Ben Simmons Philly uh 76 Philadelphia 76ers have so far. That's all the break that's all that's all the breaking news I have for you guys today. That was a lot. That was a lot in 41 minutes. But one more uh I guess it could be like a fun fact statistic type thing of the NBA Finals, so this is very positive, especially for the NBA Finals. I mean, for the NBA, what they've done to themselves in the past year, what they've inflicted by themselves, by their political and just interesting choices that they've made, that but I'm not going to really talk about because this is not a political show, but they've pretty much messed themselves out of ratings. As it has been tanking. But this is very positive, And I'm actually very very excited about this. The game free of the NBA Finals. Was up 51% from the 2020 NBA Finals game free. That's actually really good. And that's something to be proud of. Especially the large jump they took. <coughs> so that's exciting. Excuse me. I'm happy for them, but I'm disappointed that the Bucs won, but at least they're getting fans back. At least they're getting more and more people to tune into these games. That's what we want. We want, we want millions upon millions. I like to have at least 10 million to 13 million people watching and for Game 4, Game 5. Hopefully for the Phoenix Suns to be closing out the series and be 4-1 uh, NBA Finals champion. In five would be amazing. But yeah, I, was, I wanted to share that with you because I thought that was pretty cool. They're climbing up the ranks again. Even though a lot of people are still bashing the NBA, a lot of people are still talking about, well, they're just saying like the 13% going up for game two. That's nothing. Look at this. Look, a win to win when ratings go up. Right, ratings are going to go up and down for everyone, especially for the NBA and what they inflict upon themselves. All I'm saying is that this is pretty cool that the game for the NBA Finals were up 51% from last year. Which is exceptional and very, very cool, especially as a sports fan, especially as an NBA fan. Because sports is something that we really had to rely on, really something we had to watch Just to get back to normalcy after the craziness of lockdowns and whatnot. So to see rise back in people watching the NBA. Especially in the NBA Finals is really cool. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited that happened. Okay. On to the last thing to top that. The most important thing. By the time I post this at 8 in the morning. When it comes out to you guys tomorrow morning or to, uh, today, 8 a.m., we will be 10 hours away from the NBA Finals, kicking off Game 4. And I'm going to be watching the pregame, which actually starts an hour earlier. I'm not going to watch the full hour, but I'm going to catch glimpses. I've watched some of the uh, available media that happened yesterday. I'm excited to see how everyone's feeling today. I'm excited to see how everybody's feeling ten hours before the big game. The pressure's on Milwaukee. However, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. So I'm gonna see how that all plays out. So if you guys wanna watch the pregame, I would highly suggest getting on five o'clock or like around five thirty. You guys can listen to NBA TV. Um ESPN, different things like that. I'm gonna be switching back and forth because I have YouTube TV because I've not been able. Like it's weird. I live in like the like, YouTube TV like like ABC. I just want to watch. It. I just want to watch it or just like ESPN. I they pretend they they act like I'm in a dark ages of Arizona, like where I live at and where I live at. It's like. Well we can't get it's gonna be a blackout zone, so I have to get youtube YouTube TV on their free trial because a um I don't have anywhere else and if I'm in the blackout zone where I live at in Arizona, it's like really? I can't watch a Fan game so this is the only alternative I have left And it's thinking as I've been able to catch the NBA Finals live and not on a score box. But yeah. Getting back to the matter at hand, well, I was actually talked about. I don't know how I got down to YouTube TV for real. I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with them. I, I ever since I've like booked in my library sports NBA Suns. A legit my favorite team. I'm gonna put the Suns, not the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, they need all the views they can get. Ugh, they just need wins. They just need wins badly. It's not the Cardinals, it's not the Coyotes, it's the Phoenix Suns. A, because they're the only ones playing right now that actually matter. And two, because they're they're my favorite team in Arizona. They've always been my favorite team. I just like the underdog story a lot. But getting back to things, look, this game comes on in 10 hours. Look, Giannis is going to pack a punch. Yesterday I talked about the Jordan Complex, and many of our people were talking about that today. Um, uh, I can't. I, I want to say the Burns and Gamble show was talking about, uh, something like about the Jordan Complex. Do not uh, quote me on that, but I believe so if I was listening correctly. Um, that happened like around like five o'clock, something about that. But yeah, we talked about the Jordan Complex, and if you guys do not know what the Jordan Complex is. Instead of listening to yesterday's podcast episode, I'll just tell you because this is such a good, good strategy. Is that the Jordan Complex was opposing teams that went up against Michael Jordan. And the Chicago Bulls said, you know what? Let Michael Jordan go for 40, 50, 60 points. We don't care. Let him get his. But contain players like Tony Kukoc, Scottie Pippen, BJ Armstrong. Steve Kerr, whoever, just don't let them score that much, especially Scott Pippen. Just don't let those guys get on call and fire. But as long as Michael Jordan's doing his thing and he's racking up big points and making epic plays you know, on possessions, it doesn't matter. Just contain them. And that's what that's why I was making the argument for it. That's what the Phoenix Suns need to do. With injuries and all, we have to do uh, the Jordan Complex. I'm going to call it the Yannick's complex because we need to stop Giannis. And we have a thing called the Giannis wall, but I don't, think, I don't think we should be going to small ball because it's interesting. It's interesting when you bring this, bring this all up because you, Giannis can go off for 50, 70 points for all I care. I don't care if he scores 100 points. I really don't. I don't care if he scores majority of all the points out of 120. If they go to 120 tomorrow night. Or to, uh, tonight. Um, All I care for is that you stop Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Because those two, those catch fire. Those going to be the most deadly. Especially around right the three-point area. You can live with a Giannis free. You can live with Lopez free. But when Middleton and Holiday are catching fire... You better pray that you are going to be able to stop them during their run. Because when Middleton and Holiday caught fire, they are able to pull in a 39 run in the third quarter of game three. Which sealed the deal completely for the Phoenix Suns where we just got beaten down. Like we weren't even there. Like we, we, weren't even, we, we weren't even playing defense. Or offense, we were just there as observers, just looking on, spectating. See, that was bad. Now, what the Phoenix have to do is is not going small ball, meaning you're not going to be able to stop Lopez that way. Just by having DeAndre all by himself, you need as as weird as it may sound, you need to have Frank the Tank in there. He's just a uh, deer in highlights He's just not ready for the NBA playoffs because it was pointed out about four months ago when the Suns were taking on the Bucks. Frank the Tank was a starter while um, Jay Crowder was coming off the bench and Darius Sardick was dealing with an ankle injury, and he played thirty five minutes and thirty five minutes of good basketball where he scored like fourteen points. 8 rebounds, 8 assists, almost had a triple-double, and beat the box. That is significant. But the reason why it's not working out for him now is because he's just not ready for the playoffs. He's not born ready for the NBA Finals. The only person on, on either team, on both teams, Milwaukee and Phoenix, that has an NBA Finals experience is no one else but Jay Crowder. So, the Suns kind of have a slight edge, but still. But still. Hey, Jay was rocking those free 6-7 from the entire game just for free pointers. Greatest 18 points I'll ever take, right? You take what you get, especially in that game, free. But, Kaminsky's not that guy. Sarcic was able to put a body. Sarcic was was the player where you were able to put a body on Giannis. And even though you weren't going to be able to stop him, that's fine. We didn't want to stop Giannis with Sargik. It would have been ideal, but it would have banged up his body. It would have made him more fatigued. It would have made him more irritated. Even if Sarjek were to give up a few fouls, it still would have worked on the knee of Giannis. It still would have wore down Lopez and Giannis because Sargik is one of those paint uh, defenders Where he's able to do that, especially when players are trying to post up and try to hit fadeaways and whatnot. So, losing Sargent was huge. Kaminsky is just Kaminsky right now, where he can't even make a simple shot. Like a layup. Not as bad as Ben Simmons, but still. Now, he could come into game four swinging when he has like a few minutes. If he plays five to ten minutes right. He could come and swing and hit him some baskets, getting some nice rebounds. Being a body against Giannis or even Brook Lopez, right? It all comes down to who do we want to have that's going to be able to force Giannis out of his comfort zone or at least enough. I don't even care about stopping Giannis. We just have to prolong him enough until a second defender come along and help against Johnson contest his shot fully of foul half the refs and Scott Foster and his officiating crew to call foul on the Phoenix Suns. And people have brought up arguments about or uh, solutions, questionable solutions of bringing the rookie Jalen Smith, in, who has not played a single minute of basketball in his rookie season, would make his rookie debut in, in game four of the NBA Finals. Now people say, well, what can he do? Like, What are you expecting him to do? He's not going to put up a big game. He may break a few boards down, get like two to four points. That's pretty much it. He's not going to be a main factor. So he's not going to be a great backup to DeAndre Ain. However, what I will say is, is that Smith, if, if Monty Williams does give Smith a few minutes, forget about the fouls. Forget all of that about right now. I believe Smith can hold down Giannis enough to where a second man could come in, a second defender could come in and take over and contest that shot with Smith, because Smith is a tall, dog, dude. I'm looking up Jalen Smith right now. Uh, I want to say he's like six foot six, seven, six ten. He's six foot ten. He, was, wow. He was drafted in the first round with the tenth overall pick. He've only played five. Oh, I'm sorry. He played twenty seven games, but still, still, what are we gonna do? He, he only plays five minutes per game. He has not started all of this postseason, and like for probably like five minutes in the Clippers postseason. So it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. But I would bet on Smith coming in for about five minutes. You just need another body out there, especially if the refs are calling many fouls on the Suns like they did in game Three. So if you need Smith, if you need Kaminsky, I think Kaminsky will snap out of at one point. I think Kaminsky will get back into the zone because Torrey Craig has ups and downs, has his fearful moments, but he was, once he was able to get over that, he played much better. Despite the uh, knee injury that he has now suffered, he's playing much better. But that's what we have to do. We have we have to forget about Giannis. We want to contest him. We want to slow him down the best that we can. But if he goes off our of 40-50 points again, who cares? We just have to stop Middleton, Lopez, and Holiday. And the truth be told is... Devin Booker and Chris Paul have to be getting this thing off quick to a quick start to say, you know what? Devin Booker's back. And like I said, the past two days of recording podcast episodes and whatnot is that Devin Booker is not going to be playing this awful again. He shouldn't be. He should be able to snap out of that. Be in the gym like, okay, I'm feeling confident. I'm ready Let's go do this. Let's kick some balls. go off about 30 points. I expect Booker to go off for 25, 30 points in tonight's contest at 6 p.m. on ABC, right? I would take him at 20 to 30 points, 25 to 30 points in game four tonight against Milwaukee. When the pressure's on Milwaukee, I would have Devin Booker try to draw fouls. I would have Devin Booker... Take as many shots, reasonable shots, good-looking shots, instead of forced shots, which he was doing in game three, and just reevaluate. Make sure he's driving to the hole. Not everything has to be a fancy free pointer. Work on the mid-range game. That's where he strives at, too. Driving to the lane, getting to that basket, slashing, cutting and slashing. That's what he does best, too. He's a fantastic dribbler. He's also a great spot-up shooter. He's also a catch-and-shoot guy. He has many options. And same with Chris Paul. As I always said, it starts with the point guard and comes down. I gave out the Christmas tree method on how it should be working with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, and different guys like that. DeAndre Aim. If DeAndre Aime comes off to a hot start like he did game three, we're going to be solid. He just has to preserve fouls. He cannot get in early foul trouble where we have to send him for a majority of the second half, which did not help the Phoenix Suns. Now, we also dug our own grave, but it also came down to officiating and questionable conspiracies, which I talked about for the past two days. Leading up to tonight's contest, right? I highly recommend, again, listening to yesterday's podcast episode where I talk about the conspiracy theory of Scott Foster and how he's out for Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Despite the and 12 record, I just don't know how it's possible. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not going to get down to that road. But we know what we have to do. We have to come in swinging hot. We have to say, this is what we're doing. This is going to be our first quarter. We won the first quarter in game three, but then we fizzled out when Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis were taking advantage. Even when Bro Lopez was not playing on the court, it just was going downhill very, very quickly. And it killed our momentum. It killed everything inside of us because we had no answers to stop. And if Monty Wallace was looking at the proper film, was looking at everything the right way, I believe the Suns can win game four, as I believe we have a strong, strong chance of the Phoenix Suns winning, and of the Phoenix Suns having a chance to seal the deal on five. It just all comes down to execution, how we line it up, how we... Consider each and every opportunity how we play defense because defense wins championships and if we turn defense into offense and offense into defense that helps. I always want to go to defense and offense, Rob, because I can help with fast break points, get steals, get better looks at shots and different things like that. And I really want to see our free pointer improve. I like for us to shoot over 40% from the free if that's possible. Like for us to shoot over eighty percent from free throws, uh, from the line. I like for our field percentage to be up considerably from the last game. But overall, I'm feeling confident. I'll be I'll be nervous if it if it gets tied at two apiece, and something bad happens to the Phoenix Suns. Besides that, I'm not as nervous. I'm confident. I'm confident. Chris Paul. And Devin will bounced back. Cam Johnson, I have a great feeling about him. Give him the rock. When when the uh, Suns need the bucket, he's there. mikel has got to work back in there. Give Jay the ball. Give him take a spot up freeze. Just jump shots right there. Give him the ball. He was six and seven last game. When everything was going against the Suns, he was still raining in the freeze. And that is what I think is what can work best for us tonight. We've been talking about it for three days straight. We've been talking about every single strategy that the Suns have to ta- do. We've been talking about the Bucks' chance. But it all comes down to pressure, execution, who wants it more, who's going to have the last punch, who's going to have the last laugh. And it's going to be truly interesting to look at as I am excited for tonight's contest. Remember that it's at 6 p.m. tonight on ABC. Get it wherever you can. As this is a moment once in a lifetime for both of these teams. It's been 50 years for the Bucks and 28 years for the Suns. The Bucks won back in 1971. We've never won a championship. This is gonna be amazing tonight. We'll be posting on our Twitter account, twitter.com slash courts at heat. We'll be giving uh, before game, uh, halftime, and after game uh, updates on Instagram, which is Instagram.com. We'll be posting that to Facebook. We'll be posting that to Tumblr. We'll post it everywhere. And we be, we'll be back here Thursday morning. We won't miss it for the life of us. Hopefully, I walk into the studio tomorrow having a happy smile on my face, saying the Phoenix Suns are one game away from winning the championship, not saying, well, but, I mean, it's tied to a piece. I knew the Bucs, a home court a home court advantage should always work in favor of the home team, right, not the away team. But you never, never know. Crazier things have happened, and I'm just ready for the Valley to get pumped. I'll see you guys again on Thursday. I'll be posting throughout the night tomorrow. And Go Suns, Rally the Valley will be here, back here Thursday, on social media, every hour, on the hour, talking, giving our insights, breaking the news, where news can be broken. And we'll see you guys Thursday after game four. Go Suns.